What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash malicious compliance. If you look over my left shoulder here, you can see Dimey. He's been sleeping all day. I'm looking to start some crap now. We'll see what he does. Sometimes we get lucky. Maybe we'll see if he'll come over and sit right here or next to us on the shelf. All right, let's read some stories. New purse check rule absolutely mandatory. I work three jobs. The hours and days vary. My full-time job is in an office space in a very fancy modern office with a great company. They have some great amenities on site too. A full gym, lockers and showers, full cafeteria, etc. My second job is close to full-time. Full-time depending on other employees' availability. No set schedule, very chaotic and not well ran. It's a boutique just a bus ride away from my office and it's all in a very busy downtown tourist port city by the ocean. The thing is, it's a tourist boutique. It's all city branded trinkets, shirts, postcards and gifts. There's really not much any locals would want, unless buying it for out-of-town family. And the third job is a fast food place. I'm often between these two jobs and don't have time to run home between. I carry a gym bag with me and my tiny person wallet inside, along with clean business professional clothes, gym clothes, and work uniforms to change in and out of. Extra underwear, it's summer and extremely hot and our buses don't usually ever have AC, so if there's time I'll shower at the office, and I have travel size shower items. A book for the bus rides, I don't have a car, lunch and snacks, hairbrush. Apparently the boutique has experienced a lot of loss, something we had previously brought up being an issue because our boss, the owner, will have big tables and buckets of items outside by the sides of the door where we can't monitor them, especially if we're inside with customers. People definitely take advantage and we've seen a lot of people just grab things and walk off. These aren't the cheaper items in the store either. We've lost an entire display of mid-priced sunglasses, handfuls of bikini separates, and at one point the entire table was emptied in a snatch and run with about five younger people. But he thinks it's us stealing things. His wife runs the store. She's always in. She said we have a new mandatory bag check and every employee in the store is a woman who usually carries a purse or bag. It's not just a quick look through the bag. She wants to remove the items and feel around the sides of the bag and make sure we aren't taking any trinkets and items. I'll be honest, I haven't seen anybody on staff, and there's four of us, ever steal anything. And I don't even think it's because they're all stand-up employees. I think it's because they don't care to own any of the cheap tacky tourist items. Because my bag is bigger, it's been kind of a nightmare for me. She wants me to take every individual item out of my bag and show there's nothing wrapped up inside of it. Lay it out across the table by the register. The first day of this, I was late to work because she wouldn't start checking my bag until I clocked out. And then she took her time with a customer, causing me to almost be a half hour late to my other job. I considered that I could just continue getting lockers at my office, but they're day use only, so depending on my schedule, I'd have to make a separate trip to get back to the office before the building closed to remove my items, and it wouldn't be feasible with my other jobs. I'm honestly pretty sure the staff who cleans the lockers at the end of the day probably wouldn't mind and would work something out for me, but I don't feel like I need to go out of my way to keep a steady rotation on a locker. If my boutique manager wants to make things awkward and difficult on me, I'm going to turn around and do it right back to her. She's a very tightly wound conservative lady, so I added a few extra items to my gym bag. I don't get my period, but I picked up a menstrual cup. Period talk makes her absolutely faint. I included some new reading material, old 70s playboys I kept at the house for aesthetic purposes, and I just like them. I swapped in some of my sexiest and functionally impossible underwear, but also one of my grannyest of panties. Grannyest. <laughs> I also, for no reason at all, included condoms, furry handcuffs, a guy gift of my sister's bachelorette party, and I picked up a pamphlet at a nearby community center for their group therapy for bereavement. It went off perfectly at the end of my shift. There were customers in the store, and she made me go through my bag item by item, opening them up and holding it up so she could check to make sure there was nothing hidden. I carefully fanned out my old magazines to show there was nothing between the pages. I pulled out each set of panties like a creepy fashion show, holding them up to the light so she could see directly through the lace. Every item we pulled out of the gym bag made her more and more flush. 
She was uncomfortable. She could barely perform the check. She nearly had a panic attack when I pulled out a little sandwich baggie with a menstrual cup in it. I even pulled out the pamphlet and set it aside slowly with intent to seem affected by it. And she looked at me quizzically and kind of confused, asked what's this about? And I said solemnly, oh, I haven't lost anybody, but it's a great place to meet new people. <laughs> I pulled the condoms out right after saying that. My second bag check was definitely faster than the first, and I was finished and out the door in time to catch my bus and arrive to work early, actually. Speed running the bag check wasn't my initial plan, but it was definitely an unconsidered plus to the situation. I honestly don't mind doing a bag check if they really feel it's so necessary, but the invasiveness of making every employee pull out inside everything in their bags on a table where every customer in the store has a plain view of everything is a little much, and purposely making it take so much time that it's interfering with our other jobs and personal lives is crossing the line. Edit. Thank you for all the information about bag checks having to be performed before clocking out. I definitely did not know that and will be bringing it up with my coworkers and the manager. So I can understand wanting to do bag checks. Retail shops, especially touristy retail shops, even, even employees get in on it sometimes, even though they really don't like or want any of what's in that store. I've seen people do it and sell stuff on the side uh, or just give it to friends and family. While I don't think most people do that, it does happen. Or they allow their friends to come in and steal stuff. So honestly, implementing a bag check is fine. Really, it is. Set it up. It's a new policy. You either do it or you don't. You either work there or you don't. But, like you said, the invasiveness of it and the, the petty making people wait because she's working with a customer and things like that, eh, that's a little over the top. Plus, like people said, in most places in the U.S., pretty much any place in the U.S., if it's something mandatory that that company requires you to do, it has to be done on the clock. So if you're going to stand there and take 20 minutes to check your bag, or, you know, make you wait 10 or 15 minutes because they're waiting on a customer before you even get checked. Hey, you're supposed to be getting paid for that time. So, yeah, good for you for, you know, doing it, but doing it with a little bit of flair, let's call it. I will report every bathroom break, of course. So several years ago, I worked for the worst boss ever. I was working as a teacher at a preschool. I had 28 students in my class, ages 4 to 5. I had no assistant at any time of the day, so this meant I had to do quite a lot of tasks all at once, by myself. One of these things were bathroom breaks. The bathroom had a half wall, boys on one side and girls on the other. This way the teacher can supervise all learners at once. I had a very well-oiled routine with my class at bathroom breaks. I'll explain in detail here if you don't want to read, skip to the next paragraph. So I had two lines, boys and girls. They lined up at opposite sides so they couldn't see into the other toilet. Kids go in four at a time. Once you're done, you sit on the floor in the doorway until everyone's done. This way I could keep my eyes on almost every child at all times. The doors were always open so I could run out if needed. I even jumped over the half wall if needed. And basically I had everyone within a few meters of myself. This entire routine took about 10 minutes. I did my routine once every hour. Kids could go to the bathroom by themselves in between bathroom breaks. There was no issues. My boss comes shouting into my class one day. A girl in my class has had an accident. She wet herself while on her way to the bathroom. My boss shouted at this girl wetting her pants in front of all of my students who were having free play. The kids were all silent. She screamed at me and I just tried to explain that she was on her way. She just didn't make it and our next bathroom break was in 10 minutes. She continued shouting at me. I waited for her to finish screaming and asked if the child who wet herself had been helped to change. She says no, I have to go do it. I can't leave my learners unsupervised so I asked if she could please keep an eye on my class while I changed the student into dry clothes. She looks me in the eye and says, no, your whole class is having a bathroom break now. And from now on, you go every 20 minutes. Bathroom break. The whole class. Every 20 minutes. I just nodded my head and told my learners, pack up time. She said to leave the class as is and go to the bathroom. 
The kids line up at the glass door. Then we walk outside a few meters to the lockers. We line up again while I collect new clothes. Then we walk to the bathroom and do the routine as above, plus I need to change my student into dry clothes. It was a nightmare. I checked the clock when we left and made a mental note to come back in 20 minutes. And I did. Every 20 minutes. The problem is the bathrooms get cleaned every 30 minutes, so oftentimes we would have to wait outside because the bathroom was wet. Other classes needed to use the toilet, but we were constantly in there. We walked to the toilet and just walked back if no one said they needed the bathroom. By the end of the day, they were sick of going to the toilet <laughs> around 1 p.m. The next morning, we continued the routine. That meant that sometimes parents came to drop off and there was no one to welcome them nor watch their child. Or that parents were still trying to do a handover and then it's been 20 minutes, so time for bathroom break. We started our morning circle ring and went to the bathroom. We read a story and went to the bathroom. We had free play and went to the bathroom. Every 20 minutes. Everyone in that school was so annoyed with me. Everyone knew it was ridiculous, but I told them that's what boss lady said, so... That afternoon, a schedule was sent out as to when every class may use the bathroom, scheduling the bathroom breaks and cleaning breaks for all the classes. And wouldn't you know it, my class was scheduled for once every 60 minutes. Ha! Yeah, that's totally ridiculous. First of all, you don't scream at a child for having an accident on their way to the bathroom. Second of all, you don't scream at a teacher in front of her class. You don't scream at anybody in front of anybody, as a matter of fact. There's no reason for that. And then to just arbitrarily say it's every 20 minutes when once an hour is plenty, even for little kids. And like she said, if one had to go to the bathroom, they could go by themselves in between that 60 minute time period. I mean, it's not that big a deal. So just, just people are just freaking nuts, man. I don't know. And I don't know why everybody was getting annoyed with you. You were just doing what the boss lady said. So they should have been annoyed with her and expressed their displeasure with her. The malicious compliance master gets his way against a ridiculous request. Back when I was at school, the literature professor, let's call him Lit Professor, was a malicious compliance master. He had a friendly rivalry against the dean. They'd been working together for nearly 20 to 30 years, so they knew each other very well. And they played pranks on each other as well. When we were in class, if someone knocked on the door, the usual was that the student closest to the door would get up and open it. One time the dean knocked when Lit Professor was teaching. I got up to open the door and the dean said, I want him pointing at Lip Professor, to open the door. I look at Lip Professor and he says, okay, close the door and go sit back down. And then Lip Professor drops on his knees and starts walking on his knees to the door shouting, we're sorry, oh great dean, we're not worthy of your presence. Please forgive us if we're done wrong. <laughs> it took him perhaps two minutes to do the two meter walk to the door. We lost it. We were laughing our asses off. Dean was standing there with a look that mixed bafflement and anger, but at the same time trying not to burst into laughter. The fact that what Dean came to say was the most standard, mundane, and generic announcement made it even funnier somehow. This was Lit Professor's typical behavior. He used to spend a lot of chalk writing on the board, almost twice as much as the next professor. So the guy in charge of supplies complained, and the head of students cut Lit Professor's chalk supply in half. So he would steal other professors' chalk to have the amount he thought he needed. He told this story about the first time he had to teach, almost 30 years before my time at the school. Bear in mind, he was short, one and a half meters tall bald with a mustache and had to use huge green tinted glasses. He looked a little bit like Ernesto Sabato, a well-known Argentinian novelist. You can google it if you want to form an image on how Lit Professor looked. His first class ever was with the misfits of the school, rowdy class. He stood up at the podium. They had podiums back then. And nobody even tried to listen to what he had to say. Ten minutes passed and Lit Professor said, excuse me guys, do you want me to do the class or are you up to something more important? One of the bullies told him to beat it and everybody laughed. So he grabbed the newspaper, took a seat at his desk, and stayed there for the whole class, without saying a word. 
When the ring that signaled the class was over rang, he got up and said, okay, tomorrow we'll have an exam. One of three for the semester. You have to have at least an average of six points to pass the semester. The exam will be about what I was supposed to teach today. And he walked out of the room. We loved the guy. He was fair. He had a true passion for literature. He was a good professor and made the classes nice and interesting. Now that I've established his usual, oh my god, that was just the opener. Oh my god. Now that I've established his usual behavior, when I was at school at the end of the first semester, he submitted the grades for each student to the head of studies. This story was told by the head of studies secretary, a former student that was a friend of a lot of the students here. Head of studies was the worst. He was concerned about the image the school had rather than what the students really learned. He had quotas for students that could pass and students who had to fail each class. The professor submitted a list for our class, mostly very good students, where 80% of the class passed with flying colors, 8s, 9s, and 10s out of 10, and just one guy scored below 6, which meant he failed the classes. He got called to the head of studies office. Head of studies was angry, shouting that there were too few people failing and that Lit Professor was way too generous on the grading system he used. The professor stood there and just listened. He said okay and left. Cue malicious compliance 1. He submitted a new list. Every single student had a 2. Failure for the whole class. He got called to the head of studies office again. Head of studies was fuming again. He told him he did not want this freaking mockery and to submit a new list with better grades. The professor said okay and left. Cue malicious compliance too. He submitted a new list. Every single student had a 10. He got called to the head of studies office again. Head of studies was pretty much having a heart attack. Before he could say anything, the professor says, what? You don't like the new list too? I'll tell you what. I know what each student deserves, so shut the F up and let me do my work, okay? Then he produced the original list and walked out. The list got accepted. You ever notice how many of these malicious compliance stories come from schools? Just an observation. So anyway, Lit Professor sounds like a pretty cool guy. Head of students, dean of students, whatever he was, just sounds like a total jackass. The professor gave honest grades. Nobody got perfect 10s from what I could tell, and most of the class got reasonable grades, and it's pretty good spread. One below six, and the rest were like seven, eights, and nines. So, I mean, that sounds like an average class to me where, you know, you got some slackers, you got some middle-of-the-road people, and then you got the high achievers. I don't see a problem. But people with a stick up their ass are going to do what people with a stick up their ass do. Don't touch the client's websites? Sure. Keeping it vague for safety. I used to do a client a favor, and I updated and fixed their client's websites along with creating new pages and whatnot. One of our clients complained about the design. But I had told him I was doing a rush job and would need to get an actual designer to do it. Client was rude to me and threw me under the bus. Told me I wasn't to touch the client websites. With the client CC'd in on the email. Okay. I'm not touching anything. Need pages created? Send it back to design and company for quote. Need staff updated? Send it back to IT for quote. Staff asking me for help? Sorry. Can't touch client property. I used to spend 30 minutes to do a task. Now as I have to prepare a documentation for the proper departments, it takes me 90 minutes to do a task. I'm just complying. One of the biggest mysteries in life is when people get stuff for free. They get favors, little extras along with whatever they paid for, uh, whether you're paying somebody by the hour, contractually, or as a outside contractor. If somebody's handing you extra stuff and doing a pretty decent job with it, shut up. Don't complain. The phrase, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, comes to mind. Seriously, people, if you're getting something for nothing and somebody's adding that little extra touch that goes above and beyond what you're actually paying them for, don't be stupid. I know. That's like asking water not to be wet. Spider Squish Not sure if this story really belongs here since I didn't do it on purpose, but here it goes. 
A lady a couple of cubes over stood up and started screaming about a spider in her cube, and she wanted somebody to come get rid of it ASAP. I grabbed the tissue and she pointed out the spider that was about the size of a quarter, including the legs, on the shelf above her computer monitor. I tried to maneuver to get close enough, but she wouldn't get out of the way. She was screaming and jumping up and down and flailing her arms, but forcing me to try to reach around her. As she kept yelling, kill it! I lunged at it, but accidentally caught one of her flailing hands in the process. I accidentally squished the spider by mashing her hand on it. Yicky spider goo all over her hand. Made her freak out even more. I told her I was sorry, but if she'd gotten out of the way like I'd asked, it wouldn't have happened. Boss just turned his head and chuckled a little, so she couldn't see him. Then gave her the rest of the day off. <laughs> you want somebody to kill it and you're standing in the way. Move! I lived in a place once where we had somebody trying to break into the place where we were living. Two roommates plus myself. Both of them big like me. We weren't any shy little shrieking violets here. I mean, we were we were big guys, you know. Uh, fat and muscle. So, I mean, you know, the three of us combined probably could have sailed right through that front door, like through the door and taken whoever that was out. They stood at the top of the steps. I finally wake up because I'm a really heavy sleeper and they both want me to go take care of it. I don't know why. It wasn't a snake. It wasn't a spider. It was somebody trying to jimmy the door open. So I'm trying to get past them. Look, move over. I'll go, I'll go see what's going on. Nope. Nobody would move. Finally, I shoved between both of them. One of them almost fell down the stairs. The other one did fall back into the hallway on the landing. And it's just like, you don't want to deal with it. Get the hell out of the way. Go back to bed. Do whatever. People just don't make any sense, man. But what are you going to do? By the way, screaming at spiders doesn't help the situation. That spider can't hear you. Only all the people around you who could potentially help you that you're annoying the crap out of are affected by that screaming. So you might want to maybe shriek out of surprise once. And then calmly say, hey, can somebody help me take care of this spider? And that spider wasn't running after you. It wasn't trying to attack you. So, like, settle down, Gladys. All right, guys. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with me today. I appreciate y'all coming and watching or listening if you're on the podcast format. And if you enjoyed these stories, do me a favor. Give me some kind of sign that you were here. A like, a comment for the algorithm, something. It really helps out the channel. Anyway, till the next one, we'll see you.